content warning. The following episode discusses a topic of slavery in uh, detail and the oppression that comes with it. This can be an unsettling or very upsetting topic for some listeners, so we wanted to make sure we put that at the front of the episode. Listen with caution, and we hope you enjoy the show. D20 Radio, your gamers roll. Well, well, what have we here? Welcome to the wonders of Thedas. Welcome to the Wonders of Thedas podcast, your one-stop shop for all your Dragon Age role-playing game needs. My name is Ren. I'm Jessica. And with us again, we have our special guest host, Andy Klusky of Blackfall Press. Welcome back to the show. Ahoy! It's good to be back. Well, it's good to have you. So we've got a show for you folks this time, and uh, this is is one that I think that I've been very excited to talk about. Yes, Uh, and it sounds like uh, all of you are too, listeners. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. So, we, of course, had a poll on our social media, once again, uh, asking folks what they'd like the show to be about. We were talking about a background. The theme this time was Outlaws. And so the winner, uh, see, oh, let's see, if maybe by a couple hairs, uh, was the escaped elven slave. This may come as a shock to some of you on Facebook, because Facebook was predominantly oh, yeah. a couple, of, Actually, a couple of our social media were like, uh, Talvashoth, 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 we should talk Talvashoth, but like the folks... I... Are, I was among those <laughs> right. uh, looking for the Talvashan. It's uh, yeah, especially considering uh, you guys had just Wait. talked about the Ben Hasrath. Yeah, we just talked yeah, about yeah, would have been appropriate. Uh, yeah, talked about being on the other side of the queue. Um, but we are we the had, of the people. We had a lot of votes for uh, Escape Dublin Slave come through on Google Plus, and that's what really pushed it through. Mm-hmm. And honestly, this is the this is the one that I'm probably am most excited to talk about. <laughs> yeah. so, we should definitely talk about Talvashoth soon. Oh yeah, that one's that one's cool. That one's really neat. Mm-hmm. excellent characters so uh before we get too far in we are going to uh plug a couple of folks on the d20 radio network uh, these wonderful folks the podcasters this uh lightful gaggle of folks who we work with um thought we'd pull uh pull your attention to a couple of shows that came out fairly recently um bring your attention to some ones that you probably haven't heard uh dice for brains uh is an actual play podcast that is playing fantasy flight star wars force and destiny rpg They've got so they're recording their they're recording their sessions and putting them on and the uh, most recent show they had was a special episode where they actually are not in character and they talk about they spend some experience and they uh, talk about mechanics within the game they talk about uh, conflict and how to extend uh, the XP system of Star Wars uh, the Star Wars Fantasy Flight RPG so it's it's cool it's still worth checking out especially if you like those games. Um, and there is a new show uh, joining the D20 Radio Network. Uh, I don't know how often this happens, but, you know, let's see, uh, the D20 Radio family is getting pretty big. Hey, we're not, we're not the babies anymore. We're not the babies anymore. The new babies are called the Movie Defenders. Uh, I love the idea behind this podcast. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, the podcast is focused on redemption, specifically uh, redemption of movies. They visit uh, generally disliked movies, and they try and analyze the movies to persuade folks into thinking that the movies aren't that bad. Um, the first three episodes cover everyone's favorite movies to hate, the Star Wars prequels. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. They, 
They go right Zero for it. Zero to sixty, guys. <laughs> Zero to sixty. <Yeah. laughs> you know, I it. may have to get on the get on the forums or the like and give them a couple suggestions. It became kind of oh. a running joke within within my friends to uh, anytime my birthday or Christmas rolled around, I to find me the most horrible movies possible. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, nice. That's a good tradition. No, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> you have good friends. Just like us. Just like we do. You say that, but you haven't sat through Transmorphers. Mm. I guess it would depend on how bad the movies were. So, um, yeah, definitely go on their forums. Uh, they should probably get in forums. I don't know if they've got any up just yet. Well, I, I look in the role-playing game forums, so they've probably got forums uh, on the D20 Radio's uh, forum network, uh, probably in a different spot. Because mm-hmm. we're like the big chunk of role-playing game focused podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, so you'll have to look a little uh, elsewhere to find them. If you, especially if you have bad movies in mind and want to make some suggestions, um, and uh, this may be, you know, uh, don't don't request that they watch Dragon Age, uh, the the Led Dawn of the Seeker. Okay, well that's they won't nice. because that's a good movie. They won't because it's a good movie. It's fun. Dawn of the Seeker is great. It's fun. You get to watch Cassandra do a whole bunch of things that I strongly suspect are currently being like narrated by Varric at oh, that moment. Because there's no other way that these things happen the way that they do. <laughs> oh yeah. Totally. It's awesome. Just check it 100% out. 100% Varric creation. It's super sweet. Anyway. Um, so, I hope that the folks on the D20 Radio Network are all doing well. Thank you for having us on again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've only had a couple episodes uh, actually being part of the network. It's been pretty cool so far. Mm-hmm. We're proud to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we've got no news for you this week in Thetis. We're still keeping our uh, ears to the ground about everything. Mm-hmm. Haven't heard anything extra, but uh, we're still waiting on Faces of Thetis, and we're waiting very excitedly. We'll get there. Oh, yeah. Can't wait for that. It's going to be a good one, I think. It's going to be uh, wonderful. And maybe, you know, they'll do that Inquisition book that they were that they were thinking about doing later. Mm. I'm honestly hoping it gets folded in. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know. uh, yeah. You know, that, that's fair. But, uh, yeah, I think they were, like, hoping to, like, put, like, Inquisition-specific mechanics, like uh, those magical barrier walls, or, um, or maybe, like, expanding how organizations work, or including new monsters that were introduced in Inquisition. But, that um, would, yeah. That would be brilliant. That would be cool. It would be excellent. So, we'll just have to wait and see what the future holds for us, and we'll be sure to let you folks know the moment we do. Although, for the moment, let's, uh, let's see what our, uh, what our friends on the forums have to say. Yeah, so we got some uh, good questions this We week? should uh, go ahead and, and consult that codex of ours. You can ask me questions if you like. I'm not sure why you'd want to, but... Oh, good. Thank you. I'm going to regret this, aren't I? Welcome to the Codex. Uh, we've got a couple of questions to bring around this time, one of whom uh, might belong to somebody uh, on this call. Oh, hey, that looks familiar. <laughs> I bet it does. Um, so, first question uh, comes from a new question asker, uh, and I really apologize if I butcher your name. Uh, Emilio Figueroa? Figueroa, probably. Figueroa on our Facebook page. Thank you so much for Thank your question. You. Um, and this one actually will kind of tie into the one we have a bit today. Um, 
Can backgrounds be modified based on character ideas? For example, I have a character that is a Kunari mage who is a former slave to a Divinity Magister. The Kunari is also the Kunari is also a mage, so I felt that the Talvashoth background didn't fit. So I grabbed the uh, escaped Elven slave background, but instead of an escaped Elven, but instead is an escaped uh, Kunari slave. I mean, I think like that's something yeah. we kind of had to do. We had to yeah. reflavor. Uh... Before they came out with the fact that you could be a Dalish mage, mm-hmm. uh, that's when we we started the uh, Brasilia based campaign, like the Faith Misplaced campaign, uh-huh. way before that. And so I wanted to play a Dalish first, and that wasn't an option had, yet. Yeah, the only background we had for you was apostate. Yeah, and which... so we had to do an apostate and flavor it with things like, well, right. you can probably you can probably speak Elven. Right. Yeah. Tec- I... <laughs> Technically true, but. <laughs> Uh, I've done actually almost exactly what Emilio is saying here. The uh, for the pregens that I've that I've used over at Wittenberg uh, and it, at other conventions, um, one of the one of the characters I offer is in fact a Talvashoth mage. Um, nice. Who uh, I and the the premise behind that character was that upon finding out that she was going to be made Cerebas. Um, basically ran away, and all she wants to do is return to her life as a as a woodworker and carpenter. But she has these magical abilities, of Aww. course, that have thrown a cog in the works Aww. entirely. So, um, with that one, obviously, I, I didn't go with the escaped elven slave because uh, this character wasn't enslaved. I actually uh, used uh, used Talvashoth for that character, despite the fact that uh, she was a mage. Mm-hmm. Well, you can be a mage, Talvashoth. I think you can, actually. If, if maybe you couldn't before, I know you can now. Yeah. Um, I would have to double-check that, uh, that offhand. I thought it was Warrior, warrior Rogo. Yeah, but, it's um, actually one of the three backgrounds that lets you be any class. Oh, well, Thanks. I stand corrected then. <laughs> oh, so, you know what? You were doing it perfect. You knew it. You knew. You just had <laughs> it right from the beginning. <laughs> so, um... Actually, for combining backgrounds, there is a thing that Fantasy Age does. Uh, if you want to have a character who is uh, like a, a mixed race character, a character who is like half elf and half dwarf. Well, so you, um, in Fantasy Age, how you handle it is you pick. Um, it's a, in Fantasy Age, you don't have backgrounds. Uh, people have races, and you get benefits based on your character's race. So um, what you do in Fantasy Age is you pick like one of your two races that's dominant. Um, and then you, um, you say, and then you like, so you like get like the listed benefits, like the ability boost and the selection of focuses and such and such. Um, but then, um, you roll, uh, you roll once on the background, uh, background table for one of those backgrounds. And then you roll once on the other background table, um, like you would normally roll twice on single background. So, um, it can be a little bit, um. You know, if you wanted to uh, kit it out even further, you could probably like um, put the two backgrounds next to each other, and the uh, player can like go through like the listed specific benefits and decide which ones work better for the character concept, um, and then roll once on each table. Yeah, I think that works out pretty well. Yeah, yeah, that that definitely sounds pretty reasonable, especially uh, given the example here. I mean, with the with the Canari mm-hmm. mage, if most of their uh, if most of their background is going to come from being raised and living amongst uh, the uh, the Tevinter people, mm-hmm. you'd obviously want to want to pull more from that. Yes. 
Or if you're going to focus more on the, the escape, the, the, the fact that they were a slave, pull more from that. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So, it, uh, I guess to answer your question, Emilio, you're uh, absolutely... Mm -hmm. No reason that you can't adjust it, and that's one of the great things about Dragon Age and Fantasy Age is that they're so easy to change without breaking anything. It's so mutable, it's great. Oh yeah, so change it up as much as you like. Do what you want. So, uh, this next one we've got comes from somebody who uh, we hopefully all know here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure, I... I... Yeah, you know, I've never met him. <laughs> right. Uh, this guy named Andy Klosky uh, sent us an email a while ago that was chock full of questions, and we're still getting through them. I think we've got, I think after this one, there's like one or two left. Then what are we going to do? I might have to, I'll might have have to refill to, the queue. Yeah, I'll have to draft him another one yeah, for us. Yeah, we're counting on you. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um... Why don't, you can, I mean, he's welcome to read his question because it's his question, I guess. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, well, now, before you read it, I will say the, um, that folks who are, a, yeah, Folks who are this listening, is spoilerific. <laughs> spoilerific indeed. If you haven't played the Descent, skip ahead about ten minutes, please. So, little yeah. space for spoilers here. Yes. Do, 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 do. Okay. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Right. So, go and read your so, question, Andy. With the end of Dragon Age Inquisition, the DLC, The Descent, uh, there's a strong implication that dwarves may in fact be able to cast magic after all, albeit through a different vehicle than energy from the Fade. We see Shaper Volta at the very end blast the Inquisitor and his party with a, you know, of some type of magical force, uh, and she's all sorts of glowing and all sorts of magical, and there are a lot more questions than answers. So the question is, how might we replicate this within the Dragon Age tabletop game? That is a rough one. It is. That is a challenging question. Yeah, because it's such a it's such a special case that um, it's kind of hard to really have a good answer for it because there's no precedent for it in the tabletop RPG now. But um, because we all there's also still a lot of questions about how it really works like why was she able to you know do some wooshy magic stuff was it because she was mm -hmm. close to the titan or was it because she had a specific bloodline or was it because she was standing inside the titan or did she need to get hit by a certain amount of lyrium first or so that could be something that you could answer for your own individual campaigns before bioware eventually gives us more details they're probably going to keep it fairly on the down low for now uh, until more DLC comes, but yeah, I I'm almost expecting Volta to be a playable character whenever Dragon Age Four comes around, Ooh, if cool. for no other reason than the than the specialness of that and the weirdness of that. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, my original thought when I when I sent in this question was to try to alter maybe the apostate um, background mm -hmm. uh, to try to to try to fit that representation like at a table but, for like dwarf apostates yeah uh something something similar to that uh that might reflect you know whatever caste that dwarf would have come from so mm -hmm. in, in volta's case you're a shaper so you'd probably get you know a uh, cunning lore uh, gotcha bonus yeah mm. yeah Whew. that's a that is a tricky one just because there's we don't know much about how why she's able to cast magic. Um, obviously, it has something to do with the Titan and um, Kieran. Uh, if you if you have the if you have the old god baby with Morrigan, um, Kieran actually, if you are a dwarven inquisitor, he will mention that uh, 
Let's see that um, you are. Let's see that you are. You may be small, but you can't be tall again without the Titans. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of unpacking that still true. has yet to be done with that bit of lore. Right. Mm-hmm. They've only just introduced it, and, and they talked about it. I mean, like a little bit when they did Trespasser, but right now, honestly, I think it's probably kind of like however GMs want to handle it. Yes. Um, whether or not you want to make like a new background for it or adapt uh, an old background to it or even like put two backgrounds together and make that work. Yeah, it's such a unique circumstance that yeah. you kind of have to do it on an individual case basis. Yes, and um, you you might even want to consider basing most of your campaign around that. Just because yeah. it's, it's so unique and so historical in Dragon Age lore that everyone's going to notice a dwarf casting spells. Yeah. Uh, definitely stand out like a sore thumb. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then and then uh, Dagna's going to find you. And then Dagna will find you, and she will <laughs> have so many questions. <laughs> She'll only take a few samples. It's going to be, you know, fun times. Just keep going. So... And so I guess to answer your question, Andy, we'll probably want to like squish some backgrounds together, and uh, and of course, obviously, allow the mage class for that particular background. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it could be something like maybe like awakened dwarf, or uh, even like oh man, uh, what do they call those dwarves that were that were uh, using like the the Shabratal. The Shabratal, gotcha. We also don't necessarily know that they weren't able to cast magic or something. Mm, uh, that's true. We only saw them. We only saw like warriors and rogues with those crazy, awesome crossbow bolts, crossbows that mm. shot lyrium. <laughs> when I saw it the first time, I thought uh, I thought I saw a laser get fired, and I was like, "When did we cross over Mass Effect?" <laughs> <laughs> and then the dwarves, yeah. the Shabratal, come out and they're holding these things like, "Oh my god, who brought lasers?" <laughs> Especially with all the glowing blue in that oh, yeah. uh, in that DLC, mm-hmm. and then those those freaking lasers hurt. Like they started mm-hmm. just they started like barreling my kit my P, my PC's uh, HP yeah. down real fast. It was like yeah, crap. it's it's like a Mack truck there. That's uh... oh, yeah, definitely. So that was cool, but um, honestly, you could you could write a whole like campaign campaign setting based on going mm-hmm. on like Shabratal dwarves and uh, the significance of dwarves getting their magic back. Mm-hmm. So um, if you did do it, you definitely want to make it a major focus of the campaign, just because it's so yeah. New. That's that's the kind of thing that's so big that you can't really have it be a side sort of. Mm. By the way, dwarf can cast magic. My character, my character's a dwarf, but he can also cast spells. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a special snowflake case right yeah. there. Oh, yeah. You might have had one of my uh, friends want to do that, like, the moment mm. he picked up Dragon Age. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the first one. They're like, no, David, you can't do that. I love you, man. Come on. Gotta yeah, call the... out your dearest friends, <laughs> on, dearest you, friends. on your podcast. That's what, we, that's what dearest friends do. I do kind of hope that uh, with Faces of Thetis, if, mm-hmm. if, if that Inquisition content got folded mm-hmm. in there, that the Shabratal make a make a reappearance a uh, and we get some stats for those guys. That is a good point. I want those crossbows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
It's super cool. So uh, I hope that answers your question. It's we're, it's kind it's of a good start, like and, a, you uh, know, kind of like a big. Uh, yeah, maybe we much. can uh, toss a challenge a up on the. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can toss a challenge up on the the Green Ronin forums. Uh, see what people think should go into the uh, yeah. the Shabratal. Yeah, definitely. Well, how, let's see. Hopefully, we can. This will uh, spark some talk on our forums on the D Twenty Radio Network, uh, which uh, if you haven't checked out, perhaps you should. Cool. Oh, yeah. So, thank you, Andy, for the question, of course. My pleasure. As always. Uh, and another uh, common question asker is someone we have next, uh, our dear friend Parsifal on the Green Guardian forums. Thank you again. Um, Parsifal, your question was, uh, has your campaign with the PCs as the leaders of the fledgling Dalish nation of Brasilia uh, meant that wealth has become dealt with in a more abstract way? Have elements of resource management come into play, and if so, how? I also wonder if you have any aspirational spending on homes, clothes, servants, and the like. Perhaps one needs the PCs to have a secure base to bring this in. I really, uh, I really like this question. Mm-hmm. I think in some, for one, I think that having uh, aspirational spending on homes, clothes, and, and servants and such is probably a pretty cool idea if we end up with the time to do so. Yeah. But um, wealth for the nation has been dealt with more abstractly. Mm-hmm. We we're tracking like we had the opportunity to track very clearly the sort of money that we were earning mm-hmm. as being the you know leaders of a nation yes but we've since decided to try to put all of that money back into the nation for now because we're pretty little and we kind of need the help mm-hmm. and uh you know not all of us need to be super stinking rich right it's not an aspiration for two-thirds of the party right oh, for, for two-thirds of the party um, but, uh, I, yeah. I think in a lot of role-playing games, when you hit that when you hit that level where you're forming organizations, where you're where you're building a literal nation here, you you have to hand wave things at certain points because mm-hmm. if if you're keeping track of every gold piece and silver piece, it 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 becomes absurdity. It becomes uh, an accounting exercise in some oh, yeah. game. I um, think we usually once, you go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, one system I really liked, and, and unfortunately it's not within the Dragon Fantasy Age uh, mechanic, actually came from uh, Blades in the Dark, uh, mm. uh, kind of Apocalypse World-ish uh, game that came out not too long ago, um, wherein the entire premise of the game is you're running a criminal syndicate, you're running a gang, oh, so cool. the uh, there's some really nice organizational rules in that game, like how to build a hideout and how to uh, spread your influence uh, over time. So while it might take some hacking to, to fit it into Dragon Age, um, it's, it's well worth a look. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. We've just mostly been using the wealth, the wealth counter. Mm-hmm. And like wealth uh, stat. we keep our own individual money from what we earn as adventurers. Mm-hmm. And if we need things, we can usually dip a bit into the wealth of the nation. Like we're, at, we we should have like about what is it? Was like a thousand gold as your stipend or something? Uh, some think, nonsense, right? I think I think it's actually like um, because you guys have the title three, title level three. Um, I think that the the uh, it's actually twenty five hundred silvers or more per month. Per month. Per month. Yeah, that's that's wild. But, so that's, uh, that's, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of cash. <laughs> that's a lot of cash. And so we pretty much, when we need stuff, we can yeah. assume that we can get a hold of it one way or another. Mm-hmm. Except for, you know, 
crazy mystical artifacts, which we kind right. of already own quite a few of anyway. You already have quite a few, <laughs> but you might have to go on some adventures to get those. Yes. Mm-hmm. But you know, for the most part, especially like being at the head of a of, a, of an entire nation, a lot of times you can probably, we, I think we just look at like, what's our wealth right now? Yeah. Could we get that? Probably. I feel like we should start buying our own homes. I don't remember what the stats... <laughs> right. I mean, I've been living in the uh, main government building with yes. my spouse and two children. Mm-hmm. I feel like we maybe need our own house instead of just a wing of the building. You can grow one, can't you? you I can. I can, in fact, grow us a house. That's sort of my job, along with all the other jobs that are also my job. <laughs> There are a lot of that, jobs that are your job. That's quite the uh, magical feat right there. I'm going to grow a house. Yeah, all, that was uh, what we decided to do is we um, we sort of took the wood arcana ability from Fantasy Age mm-hmm. and decided that that was how sort of ancient elven magic, that was an important pun, forgive the pun, branch of ancient elven magic. Oh. And uh, Awful. I didn't really mean for it to happen, but I wasn't going to stop it either. So <laughs> pun train didn't make any stops. But, uh, we basically started, we wanted to live sustainably in the forest Mm. without letting the forest get sort of overrun by sort of modern buildings Mm. and such. And so we are like, why not just live in the trees? And so we grew tree houses and stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. Your guys' wealth is four right now, which is quite nice for an organization. Well, for, especially for a nation that's like... A year like old. Like a year old. That's, that's pretty, if that, pretty stellar. We're not actually. We're six months old. <laughs> it's pretty stellar. Yeah, that's we, some progress right we there. We started this nation in like mm-hmm. January of that year. Of course, we've also got the uh, stats for it uh, by the time of Inquisition. Well, we've and, done uh, good for ourselves by the time Inquisition shows up. We are ready. We have an eight magic. Oof. Yeah. You guys are starting the to catch up with some winter. You. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> there are very specific reasons why we didn't get exalted marched upon, and many of them have to do with Anders taking up everyone's attention. <laughs> that would that would make sense. <laughs> there, thanks, Anders. <laughs> thanks. Um, so um, yeah, but that's uh, the long and short of it. I guess the long and short of it is we're well. keeping it really abstract in this campaign, mm. and it works very well for the campaign itself. You know, we're not. Mm-hmm too concerned with i am gonna buy a house though right and by that i mean grow a house and then pay for <laughs> furnishings yes i could grow so. the furnishings too i just don't have time <laughs> so that answers all our questions for today uh, of course if any of you out there listening have a question about the dragon age rpg whether it's mechanics build suggestions questions about lore clarifications about old episodes anything else you can send us a message at one is a thetis podcast at gmail.com you can send it to us through our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google+, or SoundCloud accounts, or you can send a personal message to Cot the Protector or Healer Puff on the Green Running forums, or send a message to Cot or Lease on the D20 Radio forums. That's, That's us. us. I mean, you can't... We should we should put the word hypothetically before Healer Puff on the Green Running forums, because you could hypothetically send a message to that. It worked when I did it. It, it worked after a very, very shamefully long amount of time. It was pretty bad. Well, um, we should probably set down the codex uh, because we got another book, another uh, book to open because uh, we got to check out them dissonant verses. Do you ever wonder what lies at the edges of the map, past the seas? No. I think we have enough to worry about on this continent. Uh, of course, but. <sighs>
Welcome to The Distant Versus. We are going to continue our list of ongoing Dragon Age games that you can follow that we kind of started last time. We talked about uh, the Fateful Fumble group last time, which we should de you should definitely still check out. Um, I've been finding a couple of their uh, episodes popping up in my podcast app. Um, the stream that we are featuring this time uh, is part of a channel called uh, Oz Mills, uh, which is the name of the, of the GM who runs the campaigns. Uh, you can follow their Dragon Age group as well as their Dungeons and & Dragons and Star Trek Adventures campaigns. Awesome. Um, they play Dragon Age on Mondays at 9 p.m. I believe it was Greenwich... Gr Greenwich, mean, Greenwich Mean. Greenwich Mean Time. Or Mean Time. Greenwich Mean Time. So um, 9 p.m. over there means it was probably like, I think, 6 o'clock over here. Ooh, that's yeah. early. <laughs> or at least, uh, I, I think it was like 6 o'clock, uh, we're Eastern, right? We're yep. Eastern Daylight Time currently. Yes. Um, they, uh, I listened in a bit, and they seem to be having quite a lot of fun. And they got really dang emotional when I listened in. And, uh, we, we love when people get <laughs> oh, yeah, feelings like, about their games. That's I was, <laughs> what it's all about, kids. They were Two of the PCs were getting real like lovey-dovey because it's like there's a circle mage and a templar and they can never truly be together. Oh, and, no. So I was like screaming into the chat, Kiss! Kiss, damn you! <laughs> Forbidden romance. Oh, no. Oh, it was good. I was. They really got into it. It was really, it was mesmerizing, honestly. And so definitely check it out they're having a lot of fun over there i can already tell i'll have to take um, a look at this one myself the uh yeah. i've been uh starting to follow the ones that you had posted on the previous episode mm -hmm. uh because uh the, the nature of my job allows me to uh put on a podcast or put on a video cast nice. and just listen while i crunch data so it's been a nice. welcome that diversion nice. yeah, i did that at the library when i worked at the library that was nice i miss working at the library yeah library was pretty cool Anyway, um, you can catch their shows live on Twitch, which is where they broadcast. Uh, they update on Twitter, and you can see uh, their old episodes uploaded onto YouTube. We'll leave uh, a link to the Twitch, uh, Twitch stream on this blog post so you can find that channel. Um, and, of course, you can find this and all other submissions and more uh, archived on our resources for your game page on our, on our blog, wordpress.com. If you'd like to share yours or yours or someone's custom Dragon Age RPG content with, with, their, permission. with their permission, please uh, send a message to podcast at gmail.com. Send it to us through our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google Plus, or SoundCloud account. Send a personal message to Cod the Protector or Healer Puff on the Green Running forums, or send a message to Cod or Lisa on the D20 Radio forums. That's Still us. Still us. <gasps> Continues to be us. Woo. You're gonna get some good like uh, good lung exercises. Right, so. right. <laughs> Deep breath. <sighs> All right. Terrible breath. Because we got to get into this next one. We haven't got time to breathe. Because we got to get to that main topic. Because it's getting away. Make a break for it. Is it fate or chance? I can never decide. Welcome to the main topic. So you're an escaped elven slave, huh? Oof. It's, uh, it's can, a rough thing to be. Oh, yeah. You can turn to pages 19 and 20 to read the background for yourself. We'll uh, have some things to say about it because it is kind of, it's a juicy background. It is, and it is one of three, I believe, that let you play as any class. It is worth remembering, yeah, that it lets you play any class. That is worth remembering. <laughs> oh. mm -hmm. There's only three backgrounds that let you do that. Two of them are elves, one of them is Kunari. Well, mm -hmm. technically Talvashoth, because you're not Kunari. Yeah. You are specifically not Kunari. Mm -hmm. um, 
But, uh, let's see, you are one of the most precarious situations in Thetis. Uh, you are a Tevinter property who has fled their owner. You are a commodity, and it is possible that your former master will want you to come back. Um, this is also one of those backgrounds that immediately gives players and GMs some plot hooks. Because it's like, you're, a, you're an escaped elven slave. Uh, you're on the run, obviously. Um, are you being pursued? It would be wise to talk to your GM uh, before taking this background just to make sure that everybody's on the same page and everyone knows where they're going with this because it uh, does bring up some questions about the tone of the character's story, how this character may end up shaping the campaign, especially if slavers start to chase them and attack the party that they're in. Yeah, this is definitely one of those times where you want to, you know, have a very discreet discussion about you know, the social contract. What is slavery going to look like at the, at the table? Yes. Mm-hmm. We'll oh, be very careful also, with that. Uh, speaking of that, mm-hmm. involved with, uh, before you bring themes of slavery into a game, make sure you, in your session zero, discuss it with all players. Definitely. Make sure that everyone is comfortable with the topic. Slavery is a you know, major and horrific part of human history, and it affects people to this day. So just make sure that everyone involved is aware of the gravity of the situation and that it's dealt with in a way that is respectful and comfortable for all members. Please do. Disclaimer. And given that, yeah, if you handle it in a mature and uh, and respectful manner, it can be a really interesting take on exploring what, is, what does it mean to be free? What does it mean uh, to have been someone's property? It's a it's, it's a lot of Absolutely. interesting it's a lot of interesting headspace. But yeah, it's it's very difficult, touchy subject. So uh, make sure mm-hmm. everyone at the table's on board. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is one of those things. Dragon Age touches on some dark stuff, so let's make sure everyone's on board. Yep, thought I'd bring that up before we got too far in. Please do. Definitely. Uh, so, um, of course, who in the Dragon Age universe already took this background, so you can kind of get a, uh, uh, an example. And there's really only two, uh, more like one and a one, half. One and a one third. And a ha- one and a third. Uh, the most obvious example, of course, is Fenris from Dragon yeah. Age 2. Oh, the broody elf. Oh yeah, the broody elf who's still wearing his Tevinter armor, his spiky, super cool Tevinter armor, and I definitely didn't kiss him a lot in that game. <laughs> well, someone had to. A lot. Someone had to. I was there. <laughs> Public service. Public service. You're all welcome. So, uh, obviously, Fenris is the poster boy for this background. Um, and to a lesser extent, Zevran... Kinda? See, I don't, I don't feel cause... Zevran too much. I mean, granted, he was sold effectively as a mm-hmm. child, yes. but he doesn't have the Tevinter flavor so much yeah. as he does. You know, he was an Antivan crow. Hmm. Yeah. We will touch on that a little bit later, but um, so you could make the argument. You could. I mean, I could see it being viable. But you could also it's very just... much do Antivan Wayfarer and just mm-hmm. say he's or an city elf. elf or a city elf potentially. Yeah. All of those, I think, would be ap- applicable. And again, I mean, if we're if the idea is that you can you can blend these sort of backgrounds, maybe maybe Zevran mm-hmm. falls somewhere in between. He probably yeah. does. Escaped Elven Slave and uh, and even Wayfarer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those both sound good. So um, we'll have to ask a couple of questions about uh, your time uh, in Tevinter, because uh, the background, of course, assumes that you come from Tevinter. That doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Um, but you, but you're going to probably get some of the uh, some of the more uh, recognizable flavor of being an escaped elven slave if you are from Tevinter. Um, so it could be useful for you to figure out a couple of things about your time uh, in servitude. 
So for one of the first questions you can ask is, how did you become a slave? And there are a couple of ways to do it. Um, one is your parents were slaves. You were born into this. So naturally, you became the property of the let's say of the uh, your parents' owner the moment you were born. Um, slavery is all you've ever known. So you finally decided to escape. Let's see. And then uh, next, of course, you could have sold yourself into slavery. And there are some there are some way, reasons to do this. Uh, even elves can become citizens in the Imperium uh, if they uh, give them if they serve uh, ten years of indentured servitude uh, to someone who's willing to purchase them. Over the course of the ten years, you uh, you are let's say out, once the ten years are up, you are considered a full citizen. You can even own property or even other slaves if you wanted to. You jerk. Yeah, why would you do that? Well, that's a uh, that's a little unpleasant. <laughs> you could have also been sold by other people. Wow. Uh, maybe you didn't make the choice to become a slave, but perhaps your family, uh, a lover, or a friend sold you into it uh, just to get that sweet, sweet cash. Um, this can provide for families, and you may have been willing because you know someone does have to give you give people money to purchase you. It could have been really good for like providing for your family or for your friends. Or on for, the other hand, on the other hand, you could have been quite unwilling, but were seen as valuable enough to purchase. That uh, so, uh, maybe you have uh, been betrayed. Uh, something within this purview, I, I would think, like especially um, uh, prisoners of war. If you were if you mm. were fighting in some military, perhaps against uh, the Tevinter, maybe maybe you were part of the Kuhn, uh fighting in mm -hmm. Saharan, captured and then sold into slavery uh, oh, as, as a prisoner, as a bodyguard. Oh yeah, mm, that's totally. entirely possible. And then, uh, of course, we have the uh, kidnapped by slavers. You were dragged kicking and screaming into Tevinter. Um, there are Tevinter slavers who operate all across Thetis, uh, and they bring in slaves, uh, elven and human, uh, by the thousands every year, um, simply kidnapping them, looking for people who are, aren't going to be missed, um, and just dragging them right back to Tevinter and clapping them in irons. That's pretty terrible. Yeah. Well, pretty actively horrible so your escape is quite justified by that point well, i mean pretty much at any point at any your point escape is pretty much right. justified it's true um so let's talk about slavery in tevinter uh, assuming that you did serve some time as a slave what was your time like uh, you would likely have been given probably a specific job around the house or maybe it were uh, kind of an every manner around the house you could have been a cook you could have been a maid uh, you could have been a bodyguard if you seem to possess the physical aptitude for protection um, you could very also very easily be used for blood magic rituals if you're owned by a person with magical ability and ambition. Because we know we are. Read a magical jerk bag. <laughs> um, if you were particularly hardy and ended up, or may maybe because you ended up taking the warrior class, you may have been used multiple times for your blood. That's, uh, witness me, blood bag. <laughs> Ugh. Um, you may have even known several masters and been passed around between Tevinter citizens, so you may not have a specific master who you were trying to escape, but maybe several. Um, if you, uh, let's see, um, and of course, while you were spending your time as a slave, you would need your master's permission to do anything, especially if you wanted to marry or have children. Um, and, well, there's maybe not less about having permission to have children or perhaps for having permission to keep the child. Yeah. Um, 
Slaves, uh, you would also know that slaves, especially in Tevinter, have a secret coded language that they use to speak to other slaves. Uh, you probably would have picked up a bit of this. They use a series of pictograms and symbols to communicate the dangers and safe rooms to hide, communicate dangers and safe rooms to hide in. Uh, paintings on a furniture leg might mean uh, beware this master is violent or even give directions to rooms in large homes. Uh, scribbles on the floor of the slave house may indicate when mealtimes are or who the kindest master in the house is. Um, most slaves are illiterate, so they couldn't really, they can't really send, like, written messages to each other, so this is how the slaves are going to discreetly communicate, uh, in places that their masters aren't going to look. Um, so, your GM may consider adding slave tongue as an additional language to take, uh, but it may have a somewhat limited use in campaigns that are outside of Devinter. Um, it is also known that there are multiple regional interpretations for a specific, uh, for like a specific picture. So, like a closed fist might mean uh, a master with a, a master who will kill you if you go if you do something wrong. But somewhere else, it might mean that this master is violent but won't kill you. Um, so you may need to. So your GM, especially if you are spending a lot of time in Tevinter and perhaps crossing these particular regions, your GM may rule that you need multiple take take uh, linguistics multiple times, or just make a cunning cryptography test. And if you're if you're GMing in that sort of situation, you might want to look up uh, the idea of hobo signs or trail signs for inspiration, because you could Ooh, yeah, literally true. hand your players, you know, this is the sign that you find carved underneath this uh, this uh, guy's table. Yeah, definitely. Get some card, maybe make some cards of them, or just like, or like take a piece of paper, write on it, dip it in some tea, mm -hmm. let it dry. Oh yeah, that's classic. Oh, that's classic. Um, you could have been uh, a more uh, important slave uh, and been a service publicus, uh, which means that you are a slave that has been purchased by the government. You're a state slave. Uh, it's unknown whether this confers any real benefits, uh, but it could be assumed that a service publicist may have more comfortable places to sleep and better meals, but it is still slavery. Well, at the very least, you would get uh, regulated meals and right. places to sleep. Mm -hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean that they will be good. Right. Um, you likely perform jobs for the government, perhaps as a scribe, or cleaning important buildings like the Imperial Senate Building or even the Imperial Proving Grounds. Uh, maybe you're like one of the armorers who works in the Imperial Proving Grounds so that helps the, the, the uh, challengers put their armor on or something. So that could be fun. Um, now, um, this, may, this particular uh, term may only apply to a couple of uh, people who take this background because it implies that you're not a slave. Um, but there's a small class of uh, people who are technically still a slave class who have been granted freedom by their masters in front of a judge. These people are called the Liberati. Um, if you are a Liberati, you can own property, uh, but you can't join the military or have any say in government. Um, but a possible plot, you could have been made Liberati and then still dragged back by Tevinter slavers who happened to kidnap you. That's the worst. That is the worst. And there are, um, uh, there are a couple of stories within American history of that exact uh, thing happening, where oh, yeah. uh, a slave uh, would either purchase their own freedom or, or the like, only to be dragged back by uh, slave uh, by bounty hunters and return to a life of slavery in the Confederacy. It's uh, pretty harrowing. Yeah, gross. Yeah. It stinks. Which is why slave revolts happen quite often in Tevinter. Uh, although Tevinter, of course, is quite prepared for these kinds of things. They weren't prepared for us. They were not prepared for you guys. Um, 
You... Nobody expects the Brazilian Inquisition. <laughs> Oof. Um, you may have witnessed a slave revolt or two, or maybe even participated in one yourself. Um, they happen usually in small ways. Uh, sometimes there have been like large slave uprisings, uh, but Tevinter, you, but uh, Tevinter magisters are uh, strangely cooperative when slaves start to get out of hand. They might even like put aside their differences or something, but you know, just to make sure that none of their uh, none of their kitchen maids are gonna leave. It's because they need those lemon. They need those lemon cakes. I hate people sometimes. <laughs> the Vinter is kind of full of jerk bags. Yeah. <sighs> so, um, and of course, unfortunately, unfortunately for all of us, they may not be the only ones practicing slavery. Uh, while they're slavery, the only ones practicing it openly, they're the only ones who practice it legally and openly and proudly. Um, but outside of the Tevinter Imperium, slavery still does happen. Technically, it's not legal anywhere but the Imperium, but it goes by other names and behind closed doors. Um, of course, these people are willing servants. They work for me. They do, they're not slave. Sure. Naturally. Of course. Mm. We're, not, we're not those base people up in the north. Ooh, I'm sorry, baby. Ow. I grabbed your mic. That hurt. Yeah, you um, you could have perhaps be, uh, been serving in maybe an Orlesian court. Um, though slavery is technically illegal there, it, uh, you may have been called a servant, uh, and maybe treated a little better comparatively, but may just simply have not been allowed to leave under penalty of still death. still slavery. Uh-huh. It's uh, still not okay. Still super slavery. Uh, and definitely still illegal in Orlais, uh, so... You, you might be an escaped Orlesian slave. Uh, you may be either hunted more mercilessly than if you escaped to Vinter because there is an Orlesian noble's reputation on the line. However, can't, can't you lose have... face ever. <laughs> no, no, no. That... If you go blabbing that you were a slave in in is in the service of this particular person, they could be, they could they say someone's feelings could be hurt, <laughs> and that would just be just awful. Well, and that's a bit of a piece of power that you have that the Tevinter escaped slave does not. It's true. Is that you You and they both know that this is not legal. Mm -hmm. Granted, they're going to have a whole lot more say in any Orlesian court of law than you will because they're rich. Right. But the fact that you have that knowledge over them can be feasibly exploited to your advantage. Mm -hmm. One and of, of course, things... they'll murder you anyway. Go ahead. I was just saying, and of course, that means they'll want to murder you even more. Yes. Yeah, naturally. One of the, one of the things that really struck me, especially in the in the Inquisition era, was uh, uh, one of the dialogues that your Inquisitor can have with Ironbowl, discussing what free will means in the Cune in terms of like a common baker. What do, uh, does that is that baker any more free if he's stuck, you know, cooking for some Orlesian noble and noble and still lives in poverty? His answer, of know. course, is no. But uh, in both cases, you know, these guys don't exactly have it well off. It's mm -hmm. true. Could be a slave simply by another name. Mm -hmm. Maybe you did get paid for your service, but just really can't leave because, you know, you make the cakes just right. <laughs> That's still slavery. Ooh, yep. little cakes. Ooh, little cake, fancy <laughs> little cakes. Everybody loves little cakes. Everyone loves fancy little cakes. Um, now, um, if you did want to make, uh, you have to come from Orlais, you will have to probably want to make some slight alterations, um, but the background actually fits quite well, uh, going into other, na uh, into other nations. You might, the only thing you might have to change would probably just be the starting languages you get. 
So if you're from Orlais, instead of, you know, Tevinter and Trade Tongue, you speak and read Orlesian and Trade Tongue. There you That's go. That's a pretty, pretty easy switch right there. Yeah, it could be as yeah. simple as that. Um, and uh, I mean, this also could work. Uh, you could also be working perhaps uh, within Briala's spy network. If you've got some intel. Uh, or in the Orlesian undergrounds, and maybe then see maybe you start getting in with criminals who are start starting to blackmail uh, important people for money. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Cool stuff can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, speaking of cool stuff, um, we talked about this place a while ago. Maybe you should, maybe you heard about it. Uh, Antiva. Um, ha, the Antivan crows have been known to purchase slaves uh, for training into the crows, uh, especially if they're really young. Uh, Zebrin was the one such elven child. Uh, this background can be easily adjusted to make this change feel natural. You just make your starting language and even. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you let's see. You may have escaped them before your training was complete. Uh, they, you might might thematically be appropriate if you take the road class, so that you can maybe like start moving towards assassin yourself. Um, but if you took warrior, then they may have been planning to kill you anyway. So that you couldn't squeal about what they're up to, and uh, you just didn't have the aptitude. Of course, you could also take the mage class, and then they're just trying to kill you because what huh. am I even what? looking at? What have we purchased? <laughs> what is going on? I, I don't want need my money this back. Gross. <laughs> Magic. Oof. So, uh, Andy, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry. Okay. Cool. Um,. Another important thing that you'll want to know about your character is your escape. Because this background does assume that you're not a slave right now. You got away. Um, So it may be worth uh, figuring out exactly how you got away. Because that can flavor a lot of things to come later. Um, If you maybe escaped with a lot of flair uh, and very dramatically. uh, And you embarrassed the person that you escaped from. You might maybe you see being pursued as a game. Um, It takes on a lighter tone. The slavers in your your way are simply challenges to overcome. Just things to hop over. But um, say perhaps if you left your family behind to free yourself. You may be haunted with the guilt of leaving them behind. Especially if your escape plan threw any of your family under the bus. Indeed. Or, you know, what what did you have to do to, to get out of that situation? There, mm-hmm. there might be some some unpleasantness in your past that uh, again, mm-hmm. is, is on the dark side, but uh, again, uh, can be worth exploring with the right group. Yes, indeed. So definitely put some thought into exactly how you escaped your bondage, wherever, wherever it happened to be taking place. Um, now, uh, and then, of course, we'll have to talk about your life on the run. Um, where are you going to go? Um, obviously you're probably going to be crossing paths with, uh, the other PCs, or maybe all of you are, sla- are elven slaves who escaped from the same master. And this actually can work out really well as a background for everybody because everybody can take different class. Yeah, it's you're, true. You're not restricted to just having all warriors and ma- all warriors and rogues in the class because it may be like everyone's a duster and everyone can only be a rogue or everybody's a furled and noble. So you can only be warriors or rogues. Uh, if you're all escaped slaves uh, and you you're all on the run, you, you can have a rounded party. That could be the structure of a really neat campaign right there. So you've got a couple places to run. Um, let's see, uh, maybe with your um, with your fellow escapees. 
there's a couple of places that elves might think to go first. Uh, you may think to go and join your brethren uh, in one of the alienages. Um, you'll probably want to get out of Tevinter before you yeah. do that. So you'll because um, running to the the alienages are actually a little nicer in Tevinter than they are in other places because <laughs> because they sell each other so much they've got more money. But if you're a, um, if you're a slave, they're mm-hmm. and they figure fugitive. out you're a slave, they're not taking you in. Yeah. The, or they might take you in and then try and sell you out. Yes. Who knows? Well, people gotta eat. People gotta eat. And then... Uh... It's still really skeevy thing to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> um, alternatively, you could be... You could, you know, fulfill every elf's dream of running off to the Dalish. Um, and if you can persuade them to let you in, Dalish clans have been known to take outsiders into their clan. And... Uh, uh... Be really uppity with them in general, but yeah, take them in all the right. time. You haven't got this Valislin on. You're see, You're not as elfy as poor I am. Thing. You poor thing. Yes. Don't worry. We'll take you in and teach you the ways to be a real elf. Yeah, we'll help you become a real elf. And that that uh, type of escape becomes extra difficult if you are in fact a escaped elven mage Ooh, yeah. slave. Oh yeah. Don't Invaluable. want so many mages out with the. Oh damage. yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can get extra difficult. Maybe you'll have to hide your gift. Oof. Good luck with that. That's I hear a... that works really well. <laughs> that always <laughs> works great. But uh, you know, they're depending on what world you're running in. Mm. There's a third place you can. It's true. Um, it is actually, I forgot to put this in the notes, but it is worth noting that if you do pick the mage class as part of being an escaped elven slave, you would be considered particularly valuable by slavers. Uh, and perhaps by the person who you got away from. Definitely. Probably a much higher likelihood of people chasing you down. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Just stinks to be a mage in Thetis. <laughs> you interrupted my plug for Brasilia. <laughs> <laughs> We've got, I mean, we've got a whole big blog post for I it. know. I mean, we I'm can... just saying, you could have Brasilia in your thing, and you could come there. And we would welcome you, I because mean, we're cool. If you want to use Brasilia in your campaigns, we've got a whole thing written out for it, using it in a campaign setting. If you want to be an escaped elven slave, that's a great place to run to. That's true. <laughs> They'll take you in. Somebody comes for you, we'll beat them up. It's with true. woods and trees and stuff. <laughs> with, with the trees. We will come out of the trees and we will punch them. And it'll be great. Awesome. Uh, we've got a couple of uh, short, quick adventure seeds. Uh, a couple that I was able to jot down uh, to maybe get the creative juices flowing. To get some ideas. Perhaps you were granted your freedom by your owner in front of a judge and recorded as a free elf in Tevinter. Uh, you struck out on your own only to be caught by Tevinter slavers who had no idea, or didn't care, that you are a Liberati. You may be on the run now, hoping to find a way to prove your status as free to remove the slavers following you. Mm. Which, especially if you're trying to prove it to to Vinter officials, may be particularly difficult. Is there a bureaucracy <laughs> skill in the uh, in the special in the uh, focuses? In the focuses, there's a cunning uh, there's a cunning crap. I'm an elf. <laughs> Cunning crap, I'm an elf. Cunning crap, I'm an elf. These humans, <laughs> that, these that shem be, don't care. That might be a necessary, that like uh, a feet tax right there. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, if that exists, why don't I have it? Let's see. Uh, there's heraldry. Heraldry's arms and royal families. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there isn't really one that is specifically for like how government works. Maybe cultural lore. Um, 
Milita- military lore? Historical uh, lore? Or maybe some of the things revolving around charisma. Um, trying to get negotiation and the like. Mm, right, right, yeah. Be. Some communication stuff. Communication. So, communication. Yeah, uh, right. yeah. Etiquette or uh, bargaining. <laughs> right. Too many systems. So, <laughs> right, right. Um, well, um, perhaps you and your brethren rose up against your oppressors and escaped in a bloody battle. Now you are not only property, but a criminal, running from the slavers who could also be the Devinter Law. Lawbringers and kidnappers all seem the same to you now, and you have difficulty trusting your companions won't try to sell you out when they forget when they hear how much money is on your head. Maybe your faith is madly misplaced. misplaced. Somebody's better faith. <laughs> that could be quite dangerous. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So, uh, we've been running for quite a while now from those. Yeah. Uh, we, now that we're safely ahead of the slavers, we can probably take a break and yeah. uh, find start a safe planning house the next and episode. Get some sleep, recover some mana points. Yes. Oh, I need it. <laughs> so, uh, thanks again for coming on, Andy. It's always good to have you. My pleasure. Anytime, guys. Yeah, we love having you on the show. Mm-hmm. It's always a blast. We'll have to try uh, getting uh, lots of folks on. Get, like, uh, let's see, Andy and Kismet on. Uh, at the same time. Yeah, that would be uh, with a great meeting of the minds. That's Definitely. It would. And that yeah. show would be about two hours long. Right. <laughs> Probably. Probably. By that point, maybe Zencaster will be feeling more up to it. Yeah. That'll and then nice. we can make that work. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I start giving them money, that'll be, it'll, be, it'll work better. <laughs> I, I find that when you give things money, they tend to do their job. Yeah, you know, that's, you're probably right. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't think you can enslave Zencaster, so... Mm, yeah. Haven't got any magic yet, so uh, I have to. So, uh, before <laughs> we run off to sleep, I imagine there will be a bit of a post show as yes. we have a few cool things uh-huh. to talk about, like Gen Con! Yeah. A little bit of a chat there. Yeah. A little bit of a chat. So, stick around if you want to hear a little bit about what we think of Gen Con. Yes. Spoilers. We love Gen Con. <laughs> so, uh, this is Ren uh, wishing lots of sixes on that dragon die. This is Jessica wishing you good heels and happy feels. And this is Andy, keeping the Dread Wolf off your trail. Thank you all so much for listening, and we hope to have you along with us next time. Everyone have a good one. Have a good one. Cheers. What did you do? I mean, 20 days is a long time to sit in one place and do nothing. On good days, I posed riddles to the passers-by, offering them treasures in exchange for correct answers. Really? No. Ah, too bad. That's got serious potential. How was Gen Con? Ah. Oh, it was so good. (laughs) So good, you guys. I mean, it's always great. Gen Con is just always one of the best things about the summer. But this year it really had a specific feel and uh, it did it if was... you are if you know us a bit on Facebook you may have seen a few silly videos right I definitely I took a, I, I always berated myself every year for not taking pictures or videos so this year I I went whole hog and so there's a huge album with like a hundred photos and like a dozen videos and we had a good time we had such a good time that's great uh, I I've been to Gen Con a number of times. This is one of the first years that I haven't gone, uh, mainly because a very good friend of mine, uh, Katrina Ostrander, who works up at uh, up at Fantasy Flight Games, she's one of the fiction editors on the uh, Legend of Five Rings uh, line. Uh, she got married the week after Gen Con. 
Oh, so, man. Oh, my gosh. So Jules and I, my wife, uh, went up to, uh, drove up to Minneapolis from Dayton and spent a couple days up there, went to the Minnesota State Fair, and okay. uh, totally nerded out over at nice. the FFG Event Center and uh, the way to a be. giant comic store there. So that was a lot of fun for us, That's but the way obviously to be. no Gen Con. Right. Yeah, that is the tragedy. And it was an amazing Gen Con this year, but we'll just have to see you there next year. Yes. Absolutely. Now, I, I, I have to ask, though, food trucks, what uh, – <laughs> what do you guys think? We actually we we um, there's one in particular that you always go to. They have vegan cupcakes. Correct. Ten out of I, ten. I recall this one. Uh, I yes. did not make it there, but uh, I've definitely seen it while there. I've got to say the best Cuban sandwich I've ever eaten has come off the back of a Gen Con food truck. Nice. Yeah, the food trucks are pricey, but you are with many of them you are getting what you pay for. Like I got a. I have a dairy and egg allergy, so I can't mm -hmm. eat most pastries, which is sad because I have a huge sweet tooth. But <laughs> they had these vegan cupcakes, and I got the, like, uh, Mexican hot chocolate cupcake. Oh, yeah. And it Ooh. had, like, a little bit of uh, spice in there. Oh, yeah, it was good. And that thing was amazing. Oh, it was so Brilliant. good. Can't, can't say it was as good as uh, my best friend, my best friend's pastry chef, and she'll <laughs> kill me if I say that, and it wouldn't be true. But other than that, it was great. Awesome. So Indeed. much good food at Gen Con. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. Obviously, your games, you, you were running stuff, yes? Yes. I ran two games of Dragon Age. I ran the ever-classic uh, and Arl's Ransom adventure. Uh, okay. One of, the, one, of, like, one of the first, like, quick modules that they put out that was actually part of the uh, Quick Start Guide that you can download mm -hmm. for free. Um, and I, I've run it I, probably half a dozen times by now, and it's mm -hmm. it, it always ends a little differently. It's really exciting because it's... It's very cleverly made. It's very mm. interesting to see how your players are going to deal with this. Yep. My uh, personal favorite thing about it is that you had two games, <laughs> and at 50% of the games, you forgot to plug the podcast. I did. <laughs> I did. I had the first wow. game, the first game, I completely space-plugging the podcast. And our friend Molly has rightfully berated me for not bringing business cards to Gen Con. Mm -hmm. I will be fixing that mistake next year. And yeah, the, hap the happy card dance is always a fixture. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've, the, you mentioned you know how often the endings to your games you know change. I find mm -hmm. that doing the convention circuit, you know, publicizing Cold Steel Wardens and the like, mm -hmm. I run a lot of the same scenarios over and over again. I might run the same uh, uh, the same scenario 25, 30 times a year. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there are other designers that, that do a lot more conventions than I, but some of the, some of the ways that things get resolved are just <laughs> a borderline absurdity. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I, I had I had one demo game that ended with uh, uh, one of our, one of the vigilantes hitting a mobster with a wok full of boiling noodles. Bull. That's <laughs> that's hardcore. That is pretty uh, hardcore. Dealt uh, dealt 10 physical strain, which in Cold Steel Wardens, that is a lot. That is enough to straight up incapacitate I someone mean, from full health. Throwing I mean, boiling noodles. noodles. Boiling yeah. noodles. <laughs> that's, that's pretty sweet. That's, yep. that's right up there with uh, a goblin character taking a three-legged turtle. I'm not saying this is a nice thing to do, but putting fireworks in there and turning it into Gamera to fight for them. <laughs> oh, Have had that happen. Wacky times. That, that's definitely happened. 
Um, my players, actually, one of my games completely surprised me because I thought we were actually going to have like a throwdown at the end of it because half the players were kind of going along with the evil, with the un, with the unkind plan, and the other half uh, weren't, and were and were like starting to get NPCs on their sides. And they had this big confrontation, uh, but it turns out the PCs were actually kind of like trying to suss out some of the NPCs' real. Uh, like real character, and when they realized that they were willing to kill for all this, they turned on him on a dime. It was amazing. Oh wow! Oh yeah, that is quite the plot twist right there. I, nice. I was I was taken aback, and a couple of the other players were like, "Wait, who are we fighting now? <laughs> Who's fighting who now?" <laughs> what? Yeah, and <laughs> they took everyone they took everyone in, and they actually got paid still fairly well. Just you know, they didn't take the Arl's ransom, <laughs> but they still got paid. It was a good time. Excellent. That's great to hear. Mm-hmm. And I've definitely had a party, had parties who were, who, you know, took the ransom. And some parties <laughs> were like, no, we're not taking the ransom. What are you? Just, the, just that one group being like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, no contest. That one. <laughs> no, no, no contest. You want to kidnap these kids? Like Sarah's yeah, first sure. time gaming. And she's like, well, I mean, yeah. Let's make some money off these kids. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Oh, terrible. Yeah, that was a... Uh... Our friends might be bad. <laughs> we might have some mean friends. Uh, anyway, um, you went to uh, Origins, right? I did. Uh, Origins is kind of my, my home big con because it's nice. uh, it's closer to uh, closer to the Dayton area. And I, I, meant, mm-hmm. I think I mentioned it before, but yeah. I'm, li- I'm living in Gamer Mecca out here. I have you know, Origins an hour to, mo- hour to the east. I have Gen Con an hour and a half to the west. That's and, nice. You know, a ton of local game stores and a big gamer, uh, a big gamer group. A lot, of, a lot of designers around here as well. So uh, we do a number of uh, unpub, uh, unpub type uh, things for both RPGs and board games. Gotcha. So lots of excitement in the Dayton area. Nice. Oh, sounds nice. That's pretty cool. Kind of like all the uh, all the Paizo and uh, Green Running people up oh, in uh, oh yeah. If we moved up Seattle. to like moved up to like Seattle, Washington, just there's too many oh, fun yeah. people. Have all there. the gaming companies just all like <laughs> blocks from each other. Well, that's kind of what it was like going up to Minneapolis, just mm-hmm. uh, with FFG and Asmodee. Uh, they're mm-hmm. just the the concentration of uh, <laughs> big games are are pretty high. Yes, 